Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of In The Zone. I am Anthony Pinello, along with Chris Martelli and Giancarlo Alino. Yep. Now, uh, I know we're going to cover the whole pay-per-view, but I just have to say right away that this guy might be the only person in the wrestling world that would have called what happened in the men's money in the bank match. So to you, I commend you for that. Thank you. Take it away, buddy. And this and this hasn't even been the first time this guy again. Remember what he said about the Blue Jackets beating the Lightning? <laughs> this guy just has miracles. And uh, every time this guy says a crazy-ass thing, I'm going to believe it now. So... Uh, Alino's on a roll, but again, uh, going into this pay-per-view, the expectations were definitely, they were there, but at the same time, to me, they kind of weren't. Like I had, I had excitement because it is Money in the Bank, one of my favorite matches, but at the same time, again, I think there were too many singles matches, not enough creativity with the, um, the match types in this, uh, in this event. So without further ado, we'll get right into it. The pre-show, I think it was the pre-show was the Usos versus Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan. These four guys on the pre-show to me is just kind of very questionable after, especially after what Daniel Bryan did the last couple months, his heel run was excellent. And the Usos win and it's not even for the belts. What the hell does this do for both teams? <laughs> For Brian and Rowan, I don't know. Like Brian was the one who got pinned too, which was oh, pretty man. surprising. Yeah, that's right. Like Rowan was the the one who was protected there. But yeah, no one. I don't think anyone knew if it was for the titles or not because they didn't give this match any love whatsoever. But obviously, you look at the four guys involved and the ring work was fine. But you know, no one really cared. Yeah, it's just it's just a shame. Like man, with the, with these four and the Usos at this point, you don't even know what show they're on. I guess they're on both. You really don't know. But, um, yeah, up next we have was the Money in the Bank ladder match for the Women's uh, Championship match contract. I had a feeling this would open, and I I'm, I called the winner. Bailey wins Money in the Bank. I didn't watch the match, guys. Uh, looking at the people involved now, Nikki Cross uh, replaced – who did she replace? Bliss. Uh, she replaced Alexa Bliss. What's, what's the deal with Alexa Bliss? Are they just scared – for her to wrestle again like are they are they scared to get like a a lawsuit or something because i know bliss has a lot of concussions and i was really excited to see her in this match and then they said oh yeah like she's she's pulled again and it's like what the fuck's your deal when was the last time she uh, actually wrestled other than that squash match the last time Derby? the last time i saw her wrestle was at the house show in march in and march. she looked and she looked pretty good and that was the last time because like she's featured every week but if this is the case where they're being a little bit more safe due to concussion reasons, then, you know, I'm all for it. But, yeah, it is unfortunate. I mean, like, I did watch highlights of this match, and I'm not going to lie. I expected a lot more from Carmella. I expected a lot more from Ember Moon. If, if there was one person that I wanted to see win, it's, it was probably Mandy Rose. She came close, but Bailey was the one to grab it. Was it the right move, you think, here? I think I I think it was the right decision for Bailey to win. Yeah, I like it. I'm surprised they uh, what happened later on in the in the night, what happened there. But I actually, you weren't crazy about the ending. I actually yeah. loved it. And like Sonia put Mandy on her shoulders and she climbed the ladder, and then Bailey just fucking rushed up the ladder. Pushed, I love that and just pushed her off. Well, that's gonna that's definitely gonna result in a program down the line for Sonia and Mandy. Mandy's probably gonna be like, "Oh, you you screwed me up. You you put me on your shoulders. I easily could have just went up, and it's all your fault." So. She only let her in the match, but that's yeah. fine. <laughs> Hopefully, now we see Charlotte cost Bailey the title. Mandy becomes champion. Oh, well, then we had a very underwhelming squash match. Rey Mysterio becoming the new United States champion. We were saying for our predictions that we wanted to see Samoa Joe carry the belt for a long time, at least till SummerSlam, and we're not getting that. I was actually looking for uh, Dominic to turn on Ray at some point in this, and he did not. So, again, another underwhelming United States Championship run. And uh, apparently, Ray Mysterio got injured also during this match. Yet again, just vacate this belt. Ray to me, should not be wrestling anymore. This is, I think, the third injury in the last, like, five matches for him. Just call it a career at this point and give it back to Samoa Joe because, to me, that was a waste. Yeah. And his shoulder was up. Like, I don't know how much higher his shoulder can be for the rep. To There's one way of saying, okay, maybe I didn't see the angle, but his arm was 
right in the air. So that was a bad ending to the he's match. He's totally out of position. Yeah. Like he's in the perfect <laughs> position to see that. That was bad. And he was bleeding like crazy. I don't know what the hell happened there. <laughs> oh, there's been a lot of Rey Mysterio squash matches in the past, like with JBL at Mania 25. And I don't understand why they do it for Rey because we all know Rey is a smaller guy. Like, I've never understood that. Like, usually squash matches are for guys like the Lars Sullivans, the Big Shows, the Braun Strowmans. But then this guy, Rey Mysterio, comes in here and he's squashing Samoa Joe and he's squashed JBL before and he's squashed so many others. Like, what's the point of squash matches? Like, I really don't understand. Especially at pay-per-views, when there's belts on the line and a name like Samoa Joe. Like, I don't understand creative at all. I don't get it. I think it's just because it's Samoa Joe. They want to do this to him. Yeah. But this this seems to be the theme because Joe squashed him a mania, they squashed him a money in the bank, and now hopefully one more time we get an actual match and then yeah. the feud can end properly. Uh, speaking of feuds ending not properly, uh, Shane McMahon defeats The Miz in a steel cage match. I'm sick and tired of saying Shane McMahon defeats this Shane. Like I'm tired. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta rant a bit here. Shane McMahon has to fuck off. Shane McMahon cannot associate with Roman Reigns or The Miz or Drew McIntyre because that'll even bring Drew down. And we saw on Raw, I know I'm I'm going ahead now, but Drew can't even beat um, – who did he fucking beat on, on Raw, uh, Drew McIntyre? He can't even beat The Miz by himself anymore. And this, this guy was d- pummeling Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins on Raw every week, and now he can barely beat him. So – I don't know what they're doing with Shane McMahon. I know he's being featured every single show, every week. I don't know if it's just for the bill for Saudi Arabia and then he's going to, like, screw off. But, like, I don't get why The Miz had to lose this match. I really don't understand it. Yeah, and Shane, the way he won, he was kicking out of everything. Like, every single thing. You would think it was, like, Mick Foley Undertaker when he goes through the cell. Like, The Miz even taking him with the skull crushing finale off the rope, kicks out. Goes over, and the way he wins, he just gets off his shirt and slides right off to the ground. There was a remember in during the match where after the skull crushing finale, he put his foot on the rope. Oh yeah, rope break. And he's like rope break. <laughs> like, it's a fucking cage match. There are no rope breaks. And there's no DQ. <laughs> so what's he? What's like the referee gonna do if the Miz just said no? I'm gonna keep his foot here. What are you gonna do about it? There's no DQ. So why is there a rope break? There's just sometimes you gotta look at the rule book and you gotta pause and be like. That was wrong. <laughs> no, like, I feel like they don't do that enough anymore. Like, there's just, there's no rules anymore during matches. Like, if there's an actual fuck-up, just say, okay, just restart it. Yeah. Or <laughs> something like, like that. Like, yeah, like, go with that. Like, do the three, and then put even more heel. He'd be like, oh, no, like, we're gonna, like, go back. And then Miz will be like, what the fuck? There's no DQ. And they'll be like, oh, but it's Shane McMahon. Like, whatever. Like, I'll make the rule for him. And then there it is. But then we had the Cruiserweight Championship match, which I thought was was okay again we've been saying that there's not a lot of competition that's like eye-popping and tony nice did the best of he did the best of what he could with Arya davari is there any other guy do you think that's next in line or do you think they're going to continue this program i think eventually when roderick strong leaves the undisputed era and has this feud with adam cole we'll probably see roderick strong go to 205 live it seems like with a lot of these guys it's like when they go to 205 they can help build that roster but WWE, they play it off as like you shouldn't care about 205 because yeah. they don't give you the time of day. Because like they gave the match like five to ten minutes. It's like if they don't care, why should we? Like obviously the in-ring stuff's gonna be good, but it's just it's very disappointing. Well, the next 15 minutes was just straight Becky two belts going at it. The first match was with Lacey Evans, and that was eight minutes, and that was apparently it was a pretty decent match. Lacey didn't look that out of place but apparently there were times where she was kind of overwhelmed and didn't really know what to do but what were your thoughts on Lacey's first big time match in WWE it was better than her uh, her first run around I'll say that but to me it was just fine like it did its job uh yeah Becky got the win and and then of course in Vince like booking Charlotte comes right out and um does the big boot and then I think what was it Lacey hit her with the yeah, Lacey interfered, and, and Charlotte took advantage. Charlotte wins her 10th, or no, 9th? Yeah. Nine, yeah. She wins her 9th title, and then, of course, out comes Bailey and cashes in, and there it is. 
See, I wanted it to be Bailey cashes in on Becky Lynch. Yeah, that would have been good. But we got Bailey cashing in on Charlotte Flair, and now we have a face Bailey who's still to me stale. I know you it's like it was a big win for her. She got her big women's championship moment, but you have to change your character. You have to change a, at least a little bit of it because I was for certain when I made my prediction, I thought Bailey would turn on Becky Lynch for sure and they went with Charlotte don't know why if anything I maybe even would have had Lacey beat Becky and have Bailey face uh Becky uh have uh, Bailey face Becky down the road for the women's title I think that would have been a little bit better than Becky facing Lacey Evans but what were your thoughts on the cash in I'm on board with uh Bailey beating Becky I just I don't like how they gave Charlotte her fucking yeah. three minutes of fame there for the ninth reign but it was obviously a big moment the crowd popped I would have loved it if she held on to the briefcase for a while, and then you can see a heel turn organically happen yeah. instead of just give her the title and let's see what happens. But overall, it was, yeah, it was a good moment. Well, well, again, because we've seen her with the belt before, and it, like basically the same character. She had it for a while, too. Remember, she won that match at Mania. She retained. And, and like, her to me, her run with the belt, it wasn't, it wasn't even that short. It was pretty long, but... Again, it's very forgetful because of her character, and I hope they don't go down the same road here. It's like, oh, yeah, you're going to face a top heel in Charlotte Flair, but you're still a baby face, and you're still getting the same reactions, and you're not really elevating your character at all. So I, as long as Bailey's champion, I hope she does something different. Like maybe she's a little more aggressive, a little more – you know, like she's a little more driven, but yeah, I need I need a different Bailey here if, if she she's holding a, this title. If she stays as a face, do you want her as a mold of like a Styles, like how he plays off as being a face? Yeah, exactly. Like like just protect your title and protect it with like all you can, and don't be very like corny and don't ask for hugs all that. Like don't do all that because that I'm tired of that. Yeah. That's been going on too long. Just do what she did in NXT. Like, it, it sounds easy. It sounds easy, but <laughs> the the again, even the uh, the other thing that upsets me is if Bailey like seeing as she's a face, who's like the heel that's really gonna go up against Bailey other than Charlotte? Is it is it Mandy? Is it Mandy? I mean, it might be. Yeah. You go down the list there. Who do they have for heels? I can't even yeah, think of any right the now. Iconics, but do you true. do you turn Carmella heel in like an emergency mode? Like if they don't have anyone to face Bailey, that could be an option because that's another person that's been doing nothing, kind of floating around there. So, because I, I think I'd like to see Carmella back in that because she was doing very good stuff with Charlotte at the end of her uh, her run there. So she did dye her hair again back to blonde. Yeah. So Lena yeah. Vega's <laughs> a heel. She's good. I don't think they'll give it to her right away, but. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I, to me, when I saw like all the updates, and I'm like, okay, so we got, we did get a cash in the same night again, back to back years. Who did it better? Yeah. Oh, probably Alexa <laughs> Bliss, because she came in during Ronda and Nia Jax, and she just came in and took the title. She leveled. <laughs> Who did she level? Was it Nia or no Ronda? Yeah, and then she pinned Nia Jax. They have to. Yeah. I'm gonna go with him there. That's monumental. And then, of course, another monumental match that was so long was uh, Roman Reigns versus Elias. Uh, that was 10 seconds, uh, but it, it did make sense storytelling-wise. Elias was just running his mouth, running his mouth, and then Roman had enough. He comes flying out the back, like literally flying. I, did, I saw I'm like, holy shit, this guy literally was like this high in the air doing the Superman punch, throws him in the ring, spears him, and that's it. Um I don't know what they're doing with Elias. I don't yeah. know. I don't know what their intention is down the road, because now that Brock's back, I don't know like when this guy is going to get his moment, if he ever will. But again, this is another guy. He's on SmackDown, yeah. right? He's not on Raw anymore. But he's on Raw more often, which is weird. <laughs> so like, I don't. Where do you where do where do you guys stand with Elias right now? Like, where do you want him to be? In the next like three four months, a solid mid card act that actually has matches on a week to week basis. See, like the way I would book it. See, seeing as Kofi is still champion, yeah. I would swerve a lot of people and I would have Elias get that Lacey Evans type moment and be like, you know what? Throw Elias in there. He's he's been he's been with Shane McMahon on SmackDown. 
Why can't Shane just be like, okay, Eli- uh, Elias, you have a WWE title match next pay-per-view? And it'd be perfect because it's Extreme Rules. He has a guitar. Why not hit Kofi with that guitar and win your first WWE title? But guess what? He's never going to be in that position. So I don't know what they're going to do with Elias. I don't know if Elias is happy. I don't know what's going on there. But if I'm Elias, I'm definitely asking for at least a better storyline than that. He deserves it. But what's next for Roman Reigns? That's the biggest question. I know at Saudi Arabia, he's facing Shane McMahon. Oh, my God. But, like, after that, are we going to see a Roman Reigns WWE title run? I think so. I think I said a few pods ago he would be in the in the picture by SummerSlam just because it's Roman Reigns and they love him, so why not? But, yeah, until now, for the next month, you got to put up with him and Shane, and that's just going to be golden. Oh, my God. No, it's not. We're going to see Roman with Daniel Bryan. The Planets champion. Cool. Maybe him and Rowan going to have a match. And after Daniel Bryan comes in and like as a tag team partner, him and Roman. And I'd like that. Roman beats him, of course. Of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, next we have was the dream match. Thought this would close. Did not. Seth versus AJ Styles. What were your guys' thoughts on this match? I didn't watch it. I saw highlights, but I heard it did not disappoint. Yeah, everything you pretty much expected uh, exactly happened. Probably one of my favorite things on the card. There's really not much to say. You just you have two names like this, they go at it and just enjoy, and it was an awesome match. Was yeah, there the, was there any sense in the match like that you thought AJ was winning, or you just you just knew? I thought like um, now that you bring that up, I actually thought at one point AJ was going to turn heel at the end when they came back to shake hands and he gave, gave him like a look where okay he's going to probably turn here. But during the match, I thought Seth was going to probably win because. Like, he came off that win at WrestleMania. I don't think they want to have him drop it right away. Similar to when uh, when Reigns won the title at Mania, and his first program for the pay-per-view after was with AJ. Yeah. It's so, like, AJ's getting the shot, and it's awesome, but, like, Reigns isn't going to lose it. Now it's AJ's getting the shot for the Universal title, and, oh, Seth's not going to lose it, but, like, just got to enjoy the match, and, you know, it was a solid time. I mean, going down the road... I know that he's facing Brock Lesnar. He's got the he's got the briefcase now. Um, we'll we'll get into that after. But um, like Seth Rollins also to me does not have a list of major competition. Like I'm looking at it and it's like you could throw Drew in there, you could throw Baron in there, you could throw I don't know, you could throw other guys in there. But to me, is it this is like a one off? I think for AJ, I don't know what they're doing with him after this. To me, this guy. I'm actually kind of worried for AJ. I don't know where they're going to go direction-wise because, like you said, like he faced Roman that time. And then after that, he went, I think, to SmackDown and he kind of did nothing for a bit. But they kind of jumped the gun with him. Like he went to SmackDown and I'm pretty sure he beat Dean Ambrose right away. So, like, I don't know what their intention is with AJ now. He's, he's on Raw. But, again, there's a lot of heels. So, if he's going to stay face, maybe he could feud with, like, a Baron Corbin to kind of boost Corbin's star power, or he could feud with like a Bobby Lashley or a Drew McIntyre. But I'm kind of worried for AJ after this match because I really don't know what's 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 up for him next. I think they have plans with him and Corbin, yeah. the, the backstage segment on Raw. That's they, what I that's what I was thinking. That, other than that, like, yeah, it's hard to really play off what he's gonna do. Like I've always wanted to see AJ versus Sami Zayn, but. I think that's too good to be true. That's not that's not happening. They got EC3. That would have been a good match back when they were in Impact. But now EC3 is a comedy act. So that's not going to happen either. Up next we had was, surprisingly after the Seth Rollins AJ, was Kofi versus Kevin Owens. Um, I, saw the ma- I saw the highlights. I was a fan of it, but at the same time I wasn't. I liked how um, Kevin Owens kept trying to go for the stunner at the end. And he, he looked kind of desperate, but the trouble in paradise ended it. And um, to be honest, I thought that this was the match where Kofi potentially could have dropped the belt to Kevin Owens in like surprising fashion, but it just didn't happen. Kofi's title continues. Do you think Kofi Kingston is going to drop the title to a New Day member? Ah, I don't know. I still want to see him drop it to Owens because I've had this in my mind for a while that like if Owens takes it off him. And then Kofi's still hot, everyone's still on his side, and then you can go for the chase again. It's it's just more compelling when that's the case. And then maybe you can slide into something with the New Day from there. Yeah, I wouldn't want to see the New Day. Like right now, especially as title reign has gone on like this, where he's defended it back-to-back nights on Raw and SmackDown, and then this pay-per-view match was really good. I would hate to see it just end by 
like a desperate feud with like Big E or Xavier Woods. That could be like pushed down the road, and it could be a big like they can actually have a triple threat if they build it correctly. I think that's what I would like to see if that were were to be the outcome. And obviously, I'd probably have Big E win that. Yeah, but. Kofi's on a run right now, man. Every match that he's had since, like, January has been pretty damn solid. And I got to give credit to him because a lot of people thought that when he would become the WWE champion, like I even said, I thought he'd be a transitional champ. It would not be long, but it's already been, what, a month and a half now. Uh, he's he's looking pretty confident, too, like, as the top guy. So kudos to WWE and creative and even him for building himself up after all these years and everyone is saying, this guy really like an actual champion and he's proving a lot of people wrong here but again I would have loved to maybe see Kevin Owens win like for just that surprise but maybe he will uh down the road we're not too sure but then we had the, the main event money in the bank for the the world championship contract and of course wow did you see that Finn Balor spot there You're where like he bounced he bounced off the ladder they both just bounced and I, I'm pretty sure I thought they both broke their back it looked that looked so bad but to me, what was the point of Randy being in the match? Throw a couple RKOs. Look good. <laughs> I said it before. That should, that should be Buddy. Yeah. Come on. Or Alistair Black <laughs> could have came back and had his match there. But. but overall, I have to ask you guys, what were your thoughts overall on the outcome? It's perfect. Like, what a heel movie. Comes out, just trolls everybody. Gets a briefcase by throwing Ali, who just did all those spots during the match. Throws him off. Pushes the ladder away. And then at the end of the show, he's looking at Randy Orton. He's like, guess who's back, baby? I'm back. And he holds a briefcase. Perfect way. It looked like he was going to fall off the ladder. That's the most uncomfortable (laughs) I've ever seen him. Yeah. But uh, I fucking hated it. (laughs) (laughs) It drove me nuts. I I heard his music, and my exact reaction was, fuck, man. Because, like, it's, it's like... Remember Hell in a Cell when he returned after being away for a couple months? Oh. When we thought he was gone? Yeah. I'm one of those people, like, I don't I don't get excited for Bork matches. They don't do anything for me. <laughs> but he I drew amazing heat. Everyone yeah. is so pissed off. They're, they're, the, the, on Raw, when he came out, it was, he, he was holding it like a boombox. Like, <laughs> it's going to piss a lot of people off. It's doing its job. So for that, it was good. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. When I saw, um, like, I saw Ali on the top of the ladder, and then I, I heard his music hit, and he just storms out. Hits the ladder, the cameraman fucking all over the place. And like what I've never I remember when you said, Oh, I think Brock's gonna win. This yeah. was like a while ago. I'm like, I can't see him climbing a ladder and grabbing <laughs> it. And when I saw him at the top of the ladder, I'm just looking at that. I'm like, I never thought I would have seen that. Like like at least since he came back, I never thought I would see that. And I'm literally witnessing it. And you have guys like Andrade, who I think were ready. Drew had a on he had an unreal match. He was probably one of the best in this. I thought he was ready to get it. Baron Corbin is another guy that was prepared to get it for the heel heat, but this has to be the probably the most heat out of anybody coming out here, winning money in the bank. He already squashes talent and he already holds belts for 500 plus days. And now he has one of the most important things in all of wwe a match contract whenever he wants and if he ends up winning the universal title and he holds it for longer than 300 days i don't know what i don't know what kind of direction vince is going in because i know that chris jericho trolled everyone on twitter and that to me i had to i had to retweet that as soon as i saw that i'm like this guy this guy's a legend, man. I'm going to print that tweet out and fucking frame it and put it on my wall. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think, though, like, I don't know, I think Brock, if he does cash it in for the Heat, it should not be Seth Rollins. It should be Kofi. Uh, see, like, this is where they're kind of in a dilemma now. So yeah. Brock Lesnar has all this heat. A lot of people hate him. Me, Pinel, we, I yeah. fucking, I can't stand him anymore. But it is, it is unique because I've never seen him with a money. Like, I've never seen this. So I don't know if this could be interesting creative different or it could just be bland it could fall flat they could just come out and cash in and there it is that's it because last year's money in the bank winner braun Strowman, that was probably the most like the worst thing i've ever seen like you win a contract and then you do you make it a match and then brock comes out and costs the match like wasn't that his money in the bank 
Yeah. Yeah, the hell in the cell was the money in yeah. the bank. See, like that shit like money. that yeah. is just it falls flat. So to me, if Lesnar were to cash in on someone, it has to be Seth Rollins because Seth embarrassed him at Mania. And that's when I thought Brock was gone. I thought he was done forever, but he's back. But if Fox really wants the ratings up and on SmackDown, I guess you would have Brock just abyss, just obliterate Kofi Kingston. But then what does that do for Kofi Kingston? It makes you want to see him beat Brock. <laughs> Which won't happen. <laughs> it won't happen. So, But even like when you look at it uh, from Sunday, like everything that's going on, the Raptors are playing the Bucks, NBA Conference Finals, they're drawing huge ratings, Game of Thrones is like series finale. So for WWE, the only thing they can do to really get people, tr- get it trending was get a like MMA, WWE fan base pissed off. And how do you do that? Brock Lesnar. Yeah. I mean, it, it was smart, but at the same time, it doesn't really elevate anybody. It just, it's just, you're just, like, I don't even know how to explain it. You're in limbo. Yeah. They've been in limbo for months. And to me, this, like, it really could have generated something special if, like, an Andrade one yeah. or, like, a Drew McIntyre. Even if, like, you could have swerved everyone. Like, he has the IC title. Could have had Finn Balor win it. It kind of reminds me when, uh, <laughs> This is going to throw you guys off, but Bret Hart, Yokozuna at WrestleMania, oh, yeah. and they wanted to go all in with Bret Hart. I'm like, oh, fuck it. Let's just go with the easy plan and bring Hulk Hogan back, and we'll have him steal his thunder. It's like they're scared to go in with new talent, and they're like, oh, fuck it. We'll just put Brock out there. Yeah, like it's what happened there, things. though. Hulk Hogan went to WCW, so does Brock go to All Elite? <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have said anything. The, th- the thing, though, like I was saying, like it's crazy how you have so many like potential – like franchise guys in this match. Like to me, Andrade, I see as like a he's yeah he's ready. He's almost like an Eddie Guerrero to me. Ali, ever since being called up, has been nothing but brilliant. Baron Corbin has actually improved. Drew McIntyre's a, a freak. Finn Balor's been awesome. Randy again, it should have been Buddy should or Alistair, one of those two. And of course, Ricochet, one of the the guy that you know defies gravity. So you have a lot of options here to kind of change the landscape of WWE or at least SmackDown or Raw, you know, make it interesting. But it is, they made it interesting, but in a way where it's like, you're still in limbo. You're not elevating any talent. Yeah, Drew McIntyre looked strong as hell, but he's looked strong as hell for months before that and he didn't go anywhere. So to me, it doesn't elevate the shows at all and it doesn't really elevate anybody. So that's why I go to Jericho's tweet and it's like, yeah, like, why are they doing this? Why are they giving it to Brock Lesnar? Why did they give Royal Rumbles to Batista and all these other guys? So, like, the part-time shit has to, it has to fuck off now. Have go. Yep. <laughs> but uh, uh, I really want to uh, – you know what? Here's the crazy thing. We I talked about before I wanted to see a Seth Rollins double turn at Mania. I wanted to see him turn on uh, turn heel and Paul Heyman align with him. Now, imagine Paul Heyman – screws Brock Lesnar out of his cash-in, and Seth Rollins beats him. Oh. <laughs> that would be so funny. And then, and then for Fox, you have the ratings up, but again, you could have Lesnar go to SmackDown as the top face of SmackDown like he was in 2002. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you want to do that? And then you elevate Seth Rollins as the top heel in the company with Paul Heyman. I mean, it makes sense, but like, they're not going to do They're it, though, gonna, man. There's something they can't. About, They're not doing it. There's something about Brock that it's hard for me to see him as a face because he just murders everyone. <laughs> but, that, but like, do you remember that Brock Lesnar-Undertaker feud? And when he was the face, yeah, everyone yeah. everyone loved him. So, yeah, like, just, just yeah. do that. Do that if he's going to come back. Do that instead of squashing everyone and laughing and not giving a shit. Like, I hate that. I actually hate that. So... The only thing is his promos. Like, for them to be, for him to be a face, it would have to be like unscripted. Like, you can't go with the writing team and say, "Oh, no, and say, like it's not gonna work." He would come off too rehearsed because his promos aren't that good. Or just come out and don't even talk. Just yeah. obliterate all the heels. Just do that. Yeah. But that that's how we ended Money in the Bank. Seeing Brock Lesnar hold that beautiful, bright green briefcase <laughs> and laughing. So. Uh, whatever happens with that, we will wait. Up next, we will talk about is Raw, the Raw results, opening with Bork. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Kofi Kingston and uh, Seth Rollins came out. Um, I just want to talk about the amount of talking yeah. in this show. I know ratings have been, like, like, a, like an all-time low. 
but why the fuck? If your ratings are so low, why do you just keep doing talks? Like, why is there no wrestling? You think there'd be wrestling on a wrestling show? I know. <sighs> like, I'm actually, it's getting to the point now where, like, I really am not surprised like how they have like these 45 minute talk segments and it really doesn't do shit for anyone. Like, come yeah. on, man. I don't know <laughs> if I, uh, I put it in our chat, but like it's been almost an hour and like 20 minutes yeah. and there's been one match and that lasted maybe five minutes. But now they have wrestling 24 <laughs> seven. <laughs> oh yeah. You know what, Alino? Just start talking about raw, man. I really don't want to even okay, talk so about speaking it. Speaking of green. Mick Foley comes out. Titus O'Neil accidentally lifted the thing so you can see the title's green backstage before it even got unveiled. <laughs> accidentally lifted the thing. <laughs> and then Mick Foley goes to the ring, cuts a promo that the third hour of Raw is going to be 24-7 like wrestling, but it's only on the third hour of Raw, nowhere else. And then he pulls out this green title that looks like a toy, and he says... Here, I'm going to put it in here in the ring. I'm going to leave, and people are going to go run for it. Whoever catches this title is a new champ. And out comes Titus O'Neil. Everyone comes out, all the jobbers. He wins it. Then uh, Titus loses it to Robert Roode. Robert Roode gets uh, in R-Truth's trunk. Then he goes, oh, help me in the car. Opens the door. It's a referee. R-Truth takes advantage, and he becomes a 24-7 champ. So basically, this is the hardcore title of the PG era. What are your thoughts on that rule? You know what? <laughs> I fucking love it. <laughs> Me too. I just don't like the title. But yeah, the title, like... It's ugly. You, you saw yeah. half of it. Like, he had it in, like, a little bag. It was on his shoulder. I'm like, Mick, just look down and adjust the bag. Everyone can see it. <laughs> he going, definitely did not care. He's yeah. like, I'm here for one show. I don't give a shit. I don't know why it's in the third hour. Just have it go throughout the show. That's so fucking dumb to me, but... Yeah, it's the hardcore title, and the hardcore title was the fucking best. But like, he's there's so many. Uh, was it who was the 17 time hardcore chat? Was it Raven or I think Raven yeah, won Raven. it like 30 times. <laughs> Raven, Al Snow, Crash Holly, those guys had some but, like good matches. They're doing these backstage segments. I'm like, this is actually so funny, and it's something new every time. Like, if you're gonna have comedy acts <laughs> doing like that. And you can help all of these other guys. Like, we saw EC3 and the fucking the Good Brothers. Don't like Drake Maverick running and trying to catch up to everyone. I haven't seen those guys in months. I'm like, okay, if this is a way to feature them in a, you know, like a comedic way. And you can also have matches for this. Like, it's it's good stuff. It was funny. I want all the matches to be False Count Anywhere, though. Because it'd be, like, something different. Like, back in the day with, like, Al Snow and Road Dog going outside in the snow. Like, if you can have this where, like, Drake Maverick is trying to catch up to EC3 and he's out of breath. And then EC3 gets like a gets beaten. Should do that as a new act. Hardcore title. I just I don't understand what the 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 term champion is gonna mean. No, in already, WWE. No, already, already it's, that's why. Like I, I I don't understand the the title, but like even the design is fucking ugly. I, I would never want to. I, I would never want to hold that. But that's just me. Uh, up next, we well the we jumped the gun. We went to the third hour. So now I just want to talk about Braun Strowman. Fucking burying Sami Zayn, I think. I don't know if that's a burial or if like his credibility's gone. I have no idea, but he got squashed here. This is like I'm not gonna lie, like I, I'm a Braun Strowman guy, but like, goddamn, you can't be doing that to Sami Zayn. Come on, man. I think I said it the second they had a thing together a few weeks ago. I'm like, this it's gonna be a, a straight up burial because there is no way in hell Sami's gonna get the better of him. No. Unless fucking the all-star team of Corbin, Lashley, and McIntyre help him out. <laughs> Can we just say that this has been the longest feud? Like the Corbin and Str- like it's been one of the longest ongoing feuds that I can remember. It's been at least like nine months, just going back and forth. Oh yeah, we'll have a raw match, and then like maybe two two weeks later, you'll screw me over, and then we'll face each other at a pay per view, and then I'll beat you. And then I'll face you two months later on Raw, and then we'll reignite. It's like, holy crap, man. How many times? I think that Dream Team injured him twice on two different occasions, going into two different pay-per-views. Six months apart, too. Like, come on, man. Like, again on Raw. Like, when Triple H did the, when he saw Kofi and Seth backstage. So you're going to take on Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Anyone out? Look around. Look how many people are doing nothing. Yeah. Um... I don't even want to talk about Lars Sullivan no, and what he's doing that was because I thought he would have at least been facing someone by now. 
but he's facing Lucha. How, like, I don't even want to talk about that. Cesaro Ricochet was pretty good. I like how the, I'm actually kind of surprised that they give Cesaro the win. Um, where do you think Ricochet stands right now in WWE? Like, where do you, what do you think his his uh, his position is? But like within Vince and Triple H, because he hasn't been winning all that much lately. I think uh, he's one of Triple H's favorites. I think Vince McMahon views him as nothing. Okay. Because uh, so, Cesaro, how many times over the last? Six, seven years have they teased us with Cesaro? Like five times, yeah. maybe. So when I see this, I can't, I like, I love Cesaro and I'm for anything that he does. But it's like, I can't allow myself to get excited because I know they're not going to go all in with him. And in the process, they take out a guy like Ricochet. That was the five minute match I said before. I'm like, what, what are you doing with Ricochet now? Yeah. I don't know where they're going to go from there. It- like it's it's kind of sad because they were like Ricochet was kind of doing something with Alistair Black, but we didn't even want to like see that. Like I didn't want to see that. I thought they were two single stars, and yeah. like if anything, they're both gonna come up. Why don't they both feud? Why don't you have Black heel Ricochet? They both go at it. Like why can't you just do that? But they they didn't do it. Now Ricochet's in the corner. They put themselves in the corner here. But again, remember that Cesaro versus Kevin Owens match at SummerSlam like four years ago? Yeah, yeah. I thought that that match was going to just make Cesaro catapult. But actually, I thought both men were going to catapult at that point to the top. Unfortunately, it was just Kevin Owens, not Cesaro. But Kevin Owens, he's, 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 he's incredible. But like after, like you're looking at like 2015, and like you see the year Cesaro had that year, and you see he won the first ever Andre the Giant, and then he became like a six-time like tag team champ with Sheamus. You got like, to give this guy something. At least something like a, like another like maybe U.S. title run or IC title like why can't you not, like this like this may sound crazy like I know we're all kind of mad that Samoa lost but what a perfect guy to just come in and just beat Ray Cesaro yeah. just come in beat him become the U.S. champ and just make things meaningful again so yeah, that match a couple weeks ago too and it was good yeah. so why can't we see that so but again Ricochet is the odd one out out of, out of all of this, and I have no idea what they're doing with him. And I'm kind of scared, yeah. kind of worried. But, uh, yeah, then, of course, this was a great match. Are we surprised? No. Revival in the Usos, actually given time, no fucking stupid back shaving, none of that stuff, just straight in the ring, and the Revival actually won. What were your thoughts on this? I don't know if Vince McMahon realizes this, but in the center of that whole building, there's a wrestling ring, <laughs> and that's usually where you know people go at it which is kind of how this should have started instead of all of the backstage bullshit like you just said. And yeah, the match was good. That's all you can. You have two world-class tag teams. Put them in the ring together, and then people will love it. I think they're the two best tag teams the last like little while, like yeah. at least 10 years. I'd, I'd say these two are, are up there for me. But uh, again, like you're even looking like I'm looking at the show as a whole, and like Drew McIntyre defeats The Miz with that bullshit help. And, like, what the hell did that do? And then, of course, we had Bobby Lashley and Corbin lose to both champs because of the wild card rule. They and should then, just call it the Roman, AJ, Usos, and Kofi yeah, rule. Yeah, since they're the only ones that go around. Like, literally, they started the show the way they ended the show. And I hate that. It's like, okay, we'll have Kofi come out. We'll have Seth come out. We'll have Brock come out. They're talking. Well, end the show, they have a match, Brock comes out and laughs and looks at both of them. It's like, come on, man. You can't be starting and ending it the same. <laughs> are you trying to, like, say, like, oh, like, we're starting the show hot with this, so people are going to come back and watch it if we say early in the show, oh, yeah, this is going to, like, no. That's not what happens. Like, you need something unique. And I love Kofi. I love all of them. But can you not have both champs on the same show? Yeah. That kind of deep values are tight. Like, come on! Like, like the fact that the fact that Brock was looking at both of them and laughing, it's like, come on! Like, and they're I, begging him to cash in, which is, I think, is the dumbest thing. They especially like, Kofi. Yeah. Like, why are you begging someone to cash in? You're, it should be the other way around. Yeah. Like, why, what's going on with this whole creative? I don't know. And like, I'm looking online over the weeks and it's like oh they fire this guy from creative yeah, they guy fire quit. this guy this guy quit it's like this guy can't listen to mcmahon anymore he's having second thoughts about his life he wants to leave <laughs> <laughs> like realistically 
I think Raw might be in the worst funk it's been in since like 2010. And yeah. 2010 was bad. Like, or since Corbin was GM way back when. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, that was brutal too. It was like the same shit every week. Nonetheless, not good. No. <laughs> I, I want to end off that, but uh, next, up next we had his AEW Double or Nothing pay-per-view. This is a pay-per-view that we should all just breathe, relax. It's going to be great. So the first match that I want to kind of get into is Adam Page versus Pac. Now we saw we saw Pac. I got that update when we were going downtown that this guy had creative differences with AEW. And it's like, come on, man, you're a pro. This is your first pay-per-view with a actual, it looks like this company has a great future. And why would you want to go through all this bullshit before your first match? You know what, though? I'm not sure if it's him exactly. It might have something to do with the contract. What were you telling me before on the way here? Oh, yeah, like Dragon Gate, because he's a champ there. They don't want him to lose. And apparently he was going to probably beat at Hangman Page, but then lose to Kenny Omega at a, their next program. So it's not like Pac was saying, like, oh, I'm not losing to this guy. I'm not doing the show. Because if it was one of those, then we could shit on him a little yeah. bit. But it's a weird situation, and it's pretty unfortunate. There's probably more to it, though. Like, for all we know, he probably imagine he's like, no, I'm not losing to anyone. Screw you guys. I'm Pac. You know who I am? And he just shows up on the first <laughs> day and wrecks everyone. That'd be good. Like, this was one of the matches I was looking forward to. I didn't really expect any of this bullshit to happen before. But when I saw it, I was kind of, like, I was kind of disappointed. I was like, come on, what what the hell's going on here? Like, this this, uh, company hasn't even really started yet. It hasn't even kicked off, and you're already doing this. Like, (laughs) Like, creative differences, really? You haven't had a match yet. So, like, when I saw that, I was like, you could be a little more of a pro than that. Like, come on, man. But... Uh, I don't know who wins this. I'm I'm gonna say I want to say Adam Page wins. I don't think he will though. It'll probably be Pac, but uh, it's it's really a shame because this these were in the matches I was looking forward to, and then you're telling me they put it off the show and it's on YouTube and it's like fuck, man. Probably look it up after this pod. Yeah, I probably will too, and I'll probably watch it like maybe on break later. <laughs> I don't know. I'll probably be doing something like that, but it's a very underwhelming match. Who do you who do you guys? Not an underwhelming match, an un, 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 underwhelming uh, situation for me. But who do you guys think wins this? Pac, I think. I think Adam Page. I feel like he's one of the the cornerstone guys there. Oh, definitely. He's young that, too. Uh, yeah. He's still in his late twenties. Like, yeah, he's one of the guys you look at when you look at that entire roster. I think this guy's gonna carry the load along with a few others for the next little while, and they'll give him the win on the first night. <laughs> Up next, we have his veterans: SoCal and Sensor, Chris Daniels. Kasarian and of course Scorpio Sky versus the Strong Hearts. Who takes this one in a six-man tag? I'm gonna go with SCU because I'm I'm being honest. I've never heard of the other team before. <laughs> and this is the this is the best thing about AEW. They're bringing guys in that no one's really heard of. People. In That's China. why I'm so excited. I didn't know if there was things in China. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Just watching the, the Being the Elite series, which is where they promote everything, like. They're so funny, SCU. <laughs> like, these guys, they've been around forever, and they're still going. So, like, unbelievable chemistry. You know, I'm going to I'm gonna take the veterans there. I'm not going to lie. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Strong Hearts win. Like, I know we don't know them, but yeah. the other, like, SCU, they've been around for so long. They don't need the win. So, all. like, they I wouldn't be surprised either. if the Strong Hearts win, but SCU is the, is the more well-known name, so... Why not give Chris Daniels Kazarian that that win that they so badly need? Up next we have is probably the most controversial match on the show, three-way match. We have Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, and Kylie Ray. Who wins this one? I think I think this one's going to go to Britt, ba- Britt Baker. Uh, yeah, I think they'll give it to her too. Um, I think this is the only triple threat on the card. It is. If I'm not mistaken. It is. Should be, yeah. I think a uh, fun 10-15 minute sprint. I think I'd want Kylie Ray to win though. I don't know. She's very similar to Bailey and kind of fond of those characters. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want Britt Baker to win just yeah, because she's she Adam. She's won. Adam Cole's piece. That's that's why I wanted to win. <laughs> uh, but yeah, 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 she should win though because she was like their cornerstone. Like she was that's, the first woman they announced. Like I think for that, like they have high hopes for her. That's that's how you probably look at Adam Page. That's what I look at with Britt Baker. Like that she, I think that's going to be the girl that carries it for for AEW. I think it'll be Britt Baker, but. 
we never know. Maybe Nyla Rose can get that win too. I can see regardless of the result, Nyla Rose just murdering the other two after the match. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. <laughs> That's what I'm going to call right now, actually. And then, of course, we have the 21-man casino. I really don't want to get into like all the names, but if there has to be a guy that you want to see win this, who is it and why? MJF. That guy kills me. <laughs> he, like the, Being in the elite, when they signed them, they had that backstage thing. He goes up to the Young Bucks and everyone. He's like, oh, nice to meet you guys when Cody's there. As soon as Cody leaves, listen, you little shits. This is how it's going to go on the star over here. Oh, everything's going great. These guys are awesome. And then he just goes back. <laughs> he's like bipolar. Yeah, he's amazing. I love that guy. So I hope he wins. Salt of the earth. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I'm going to have to agree with him. <laughs> you, you look at the name. Like, I think they, half the people still haven't even been announced. But, like, yeah, <laughs> I look at MJF. I'm like, this guy has everything. He just, he's such a good heel. And it's for a future world title shot, too, which they just recently came out uh, with announcing. So I feel like he'd be a guy they'd be looking at. Like, I feel like he's a good guy, too, because, like, he is a heel and he's, like, he's only 23 years old, though. Yeah. So I feel like they could kind of wait on him <laughs> if they really wanted to, but... Yeah, I like his character. I wouldn't be surprised if they gave it to like a veteran like Jimmy Havoc or something. Maybe even a Billy Gunn, but I don't think they'll give it to him. No, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. I know that the AEW World Championship match, eventually when that happens, I would, maybe the next pay-per-view or the pay-per-view after that, it's going to be a big deal. I can easily see Cody taking it. I don't know why. I just see him becoming the first ever AEW champion. But we'll have to wait and see. Up next, we have Cody Rhodes versus Dustin Rhodes. Who wins this? Are you guys excited for it, or do you think it's going to fall flat like it did in WWE? Absolutely not, because the match will be up to them. There it is. But um, like, I love the promo. I think it was two two weeks ago when they came out with it. They're like, this isn't brother versus brother. This is like era versus era. Like Cody wants to kill like the Attitude Era and all the guys that came from that, and they think they're better than us. And... Uh, I just I love the story between the two of them, and they obviously have chemistry. They're fucking brothers. They, Who's the heel here? I, I think Dustin. it would be. Would it be Dustin? Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Came with that new face pain, and I think it would be him. The way they play it off, though, it's it's just like perspective and yeah. the competitors. Yeah. I kind of see it that way. There's no face heel. That's what I love. I love when that happens. You don't know who's what. Like I remember uh, Lesnar Taker. Like I was like the hell's the heel in the face here they're both doing <laughs> heelish things so like i feel like this is kind of the same cody's like that co- like he's running the damn thing and then you have dustin making his way over and he changes his face pain it's like are you heel now like i don't really i don't know but i'm really excited with this match because remember what we saw remember way back raw we saw Goldust versus randy orton oh the only highlight on that show that was yeah. a great match so i feel like these two with the story that you just said I think this is going to be a great match, but I, I I don't know why. I see Dustin winning this. I see him winning it. I see them kind of dragging it on a little longer than uh, most people expect. Um, yeah, I'm perfectly fine with that. There's you know plenty of places to go with the story they've been telling, so I'm all for Dustin winning. Yeah, I'd like to see him win. I mean, there's three other matches that I really don't know anyone in, so I'm just going to list it, and I, I guess we'll just say our predictions. We got a tag team match. We got the best friends. Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta versus Angelico and Jack Evans. I don't know who that Angelico and Jack, I don't know who they are. But uh, who do you guys see winning this? Is it like a big match? I think the, they just signed Angelico and Jack Evans a week or two ago. Lucha Underground guys, they're really swift. They're really good. <laughs> the tag division's looking pretty solid so far. So, yeah, they should be a fun one. <laughs> well, isn't Trent Beretta and like, aren't they like veterans? Yeah, like they they've are. been around for a while. You remember so. Trent Beretta? They did nothing with them. I do. I, do, I do. <laughs> I do remember Trent Beretta. Give this guy a push. He's pretty good. WWE has released Trent Beretta. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like you say, the tag team division is looking good. Speaking of that, we have the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros, which arguably could be one of the best matches of the year if they actually give it twenty-five to thirty minutes. I don't see why they would not. Um, what are you guys' thoughts on this match? I, I think the Lucha the Lucha Bros are – I think this might be very – I see this being more predictable than a lot of people expect it. You said the Young Bucks took their titles in, in Mexico. 
I think the Lucha Bros are going to beat the Young Bucks here in a unreal. I've told you so many times I love Penta. I think he's one of the best. Um, and Phoenix, I don't know a whole lot about him, but I've seen highlights and that guy impresses too. And the Young Bucks, of course, have been doing it for so long. They're brothers. They have all the charisma, the chemistry in the world. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this match. Holy. I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. Who do you guys think wins this? I'm going to go with uh, the Lucha Bros. Uh, they dropped the titles in Impact, or their last match was in Impact, and this match probably almost didn't happen because Phoenix did a moonsault off a ladder to, uh, at Rebellion, landed on his head, he botched it, so good thing he's okay, and this match is going to go on, looks like probably a 25-minute match, match of the night, Hands and down. I see them taking their Mexican AAA titles back from the Young Bucks. Yeah, I'm with you guys here, uh, they're going to regain their titles. The Young Bucks, they have something to prove. They haven't been wrestling recently <laughs> on the Being the Elite episodes. It shows them training and the fatigue that's there, which is just hilarious. So Lucha Bros have been at it every week, and they're the more fresher team, and I think they take their titles back here in what we think will be the main events because tag team wrestling is the focus. It is, yeah. Um, up next, of course, we have is another six-woman tag team match. Don't really know the names, but Asia Kong. Sakasaki, Sakura, and then a, a bunch of other names. I really don't want to get into it. I can't really say them, but... We apologize. Yeah. I don't know how important this match is to the actual company. I don't know if it's just like a filler. Um, I, don't, I really don't know any names here. I don't know who the standout is, who's supposed to be the standout, the future. I have no idea. So, I don't know who's winning this. Jim Ross will tell us who will be the standout. <laughs> uh, I think Brandy Rhodes said at the, the first press conference that Asia Kong was really highly touted yeah. where she's from there so maybe watch out for her <laughs> well i also heard that uh sheeta is also a big deal they're saying she's like a io shirai in a way so maybe sh that her team will get the rub i'm not sure but asia kong is probably the one that'll get the win and then of course we got the main event we got kenny well the last match omega versus jericho jericho arguably one of the hottest right now, especially on social media. And, of course, you have one of the best wrestlers the last two, three years, Kenny Omega. Who takes this one? I want to say Kenny just because Jericho has been such a little shit over the last <laughs> little while. And I think someone has to shut his mouth. And there's uh, no better person to do that than the best wrestler in the world. There it is. I think Chris Jericho wins this. Because Kenny Omega beat him in Japan, then Jericho, like... They've had some back and forth. He attacked them at All In. And then Jericho uh, came out with that video on uh, New Japan's event that he's going to be challenging Okada in June for the IWGP title. I see Jericho beating Kenny Omega, going to Japan, winning the Japanese IWGP title, and then coming to Toronto when ROH and New Japan hold an event SummerSlam weekend. And then we'll see Kenny Omega there too probably. Big, big claim there, but <laughs> yeah. I you know see what? Jericho. You know what? I see Jericho. Everybody that listens to our pod, what Alino just said, please write it down because it will probably happen. Jericho. Chris Jericho, though, like I got to talk about this guy for a second. This guy might be the greatest of all time. Like you're looking at how he reinvents himself, how he just goes to different companies ever since he left WWE. By the way, his last run was magical with Kevin Owens. <laughs> magical. Um, I, I think I listened to one of his pods. He said that he should have main evented with Kevin Owens. I agreed 100%. Do you remember when we talked about that? We said that Roman should have uh, he should have went for the U.S. title. Yeah. And it should have been Jericho winning the Royal Rumble and facing Kevin Owens at WrestleMania for the Universal title. But they did not do that. It was too good to be true. And then all of a sudden, this guy just leaves, goes to New Japan, starts facing Kenny Omega. Then all of a sudden, he shocks the world again and signs with AEW, one of the first signings with them. And like ever since, he's been all AEW, promoting them. He still actually posts some uh, pictures with Triple H. I think he respects him the most out of anyone there. But he has shown on Twitter that he does take some jabs at WWE. And that he says it's all fun. Uh, what, what do you think? Do you think it's all fun in games, or do you think he's actually trying to start a war between AEW and WWE? I don't know if he's uh, trying to start a war. I think I'm more on, on the fun and game side. It's just just a little tiny jab, just showing them, like, it's, it's not going to fly. We're going to show you how it's done over here. Yeah, I, and, and it's crazy, too, because he is old and he is a veteran, but 
He's the man. I think since he left, though, my favorite thing that he did was <laughs> coming to All In. That might have been my favorite thing he's done since. I just... You've, you've shown me, like, you've told me to watch them, and I watched, I think, three of them, and the shit that he's done, it's like, he goes up to, like, all, like, the executives, he's like, you know who I am? <laughs> Do you know who I am? I'm Chris Jericho. <laughs> I don't care what you are. I'm Chris Jericho, okay? You can thank me for all of this. <laughs> that thing with Cody that he did when he signed the check. Is your name Tony Khan? No, no. So, okay, Cody Khan, that's my boss. He rips up the check. Here, you're going to find me? He writes up a check of, like, whatever amount he rips it. There you go. That's what I think of you, Cody. End of story. And then he ends the video. <laughs> I just love even, like, the promo he did with the New Japan with Okada. Oh, that was good. I'm going there. I'm going to win! <laughs> I just love how he's he's actually such a like he's a freak. Oh my god! Is he gonna carry that character into this match, or is he just Chris Jericho? You know what? Like exactly. Like, I have no, no idea. <laughs> no one knows. I don't think it matters. Anything he does, he just fucking lobs like, him knocks him out. To me, there were two surprises for this. Like the fact that they signed Jericho, and the fact that Kenny Omega came out in a suit. I was like, yeah, that was a little. I was like, weird. okay, all right, this guy's like a VP here. He's wearing a suit. I hope he don't sell out that much, but like. <laughs> Okay. It is Kenny Omega. He has been the best wrestler. I think Okada's up there now. I think he's in the top three. But um, I, I'm, ex- I'm so happy to see Jericho facing all these greats because he is one of the greats. Like, he's facing Kenny Omega, Okada. Like, he's faced guys like Kevin Owens. All these guys that are making a name. They're trying to make a name to be the best, but they're facing the best. And the guy that's literally – when he says thank me for all this, they literally have to because he's been around for – ages it's been like two decades maybe three. Oh, yeah, yeah it is it's almost 50 yeah. yeah so he when did he debut like 96 97 on uh mainstream tv maybe but he was wrestling a little yeah. before that so yeah like three decades yeah. so <laughs> this guy is a legend and i wish nothing but the best for him but i i think kenny omega is winning this i think they have to give it to him even though jericho's gonna go and face okada i feel like they got to give it to kenny here yeah, how do you end the show because now they have a big TV deal with uh, TNT, and you're gonna need something that. Do you know what I would the fans, do? Like, be excited for it because they don't have a TV until October. So, how do you build interest right now for your next event? Here's what I think. Now, this is like this. I'm almost getting on Alino territory here. <laughs> this is almost Alino territory, not quite. What I see, I see Kenny Omega and Jericho ending. I think they're gonna end the show, and we're gonna see a surprise. From John Moxley, and he's gonna come out and he's gonna target Kenny Omega, and I think that that is going to be one of the high marquee feuds for the next upcoming months, and I think that that's gonna give me goosebumps, and uh, I hope that happens. I think like he's been gone for what a month now, probably training his ass off, you know, doing all these other things. I think that if there was anything that made me realize that he left WWE. It was that video that he put on Twitter. And now he's back to John Moxley. If he were to go anywhere but AEW, I would kind of be a little disappointed. But again, ROH is looking pretty damn solid for him right now. But like this is I, the best I've seen Impact in years. Just want yeah. to throw that in. Oh, that, that, yeah, Impact 2. Um, Scarlett, she asked for her release. I, I, I assume she might even make an appearance here at AEW. I would love to see that. But Tessa Blanchard, yeah, she's, good. <laughs> she's she's probably one of the best on the planet when it comes to women's wrestling. And I just want to see John Moxley come out and face Omega because, like, I feel like Dean Ambrose has just been scratching and clawing with what he can do. And if he can face Kenny Omega, like, there you go. You, you just made – you went from Dean Ambrose that was – he was, like, over here, and you make John Moxley just go right up here. And I, I think that he deserves it. I don't know. What do you think on that? I mean, you look at John Moxley, the character, and that guy, he's, he's one of a kind. So if, he, if they were to get him to part of AEW and put him with a guy like Omega, I mean, I don't give a shit what the story is. That'll only do good things from there. Exactly. And yeah. I think that's what they need to do to boost ratings because, again, he's a free agent. Kind of like what WWE did with AJ Styles. He wasn't really doing anything. It's like, oh, this is the Royal Rumble. Why can't we bring this guy in? We'll get the ratings up. And he became an instant star right away. I think that's exactly what John Moxley would do if he went to AEW. He would become an instant star. If he's not involved in this match to close it, 
I could see him coming out in the 21-man casino battle royal and winning that. And, and then have like a stare down with. And then automatically becoming the number one contender for the world title and probably eventually winning it and becoming the first AEW champion. Ooh. Can you imagine that? Would I you? Could. So you debut him on the pre-show then? Is this on so the pre-show? Yeah, it's going to be on YouTube. Well, YouTube will probably get a lot of views for them. Well, let, well okay. Well, here's another example for the, from the business standpoint. If it's on the pre-show and not a lot of people know a lot about AEW – the first match, why not put John Moxley in it in yeah. the Battle Royal? It's like, oh, oh, look, it's Dean Ambrose. I know him. And then he wins it. It's like, oh, okay, maybe I, maybe I could watch AEW. I know this guy. Maybe I could watch it, you know? Yeah. So from a business good. standpoint, that's another good thing there. So for me, there's nothing but excitement for this show. Like, I'm so excited. I don't think I've ever been this excited for a show in a long time. So Can't wait to hear Jim Ross on commentary oh, again. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. But that's basically it for this week. We've uh, we talked a lot of wrestling um, I know a lot of our listeners, uh, I don't know if they like wrestling more than we do, probably not, but I want to just ask, is AEW Double or Nothing on the same level as WrestleMania? Because I'm getting I'm getting that same kind of excitement for it. I don't know why. To me, it's a big deal. I, mean, I don't know how they're going to go moving forward, but since this is their first pay-per-view, they should make it their main pay-per-view in the future, but... I don't know. I may, may want to relax on that just because when you think WWE or just wrestling in general, you know, WrestleMania. So they got years to go, but it's a nice start. I think All In is there. going to be there like WrestleMania because they have All In too. So I think they're continuing that lineage from that last year with all the independent wrestlers coming in. Now, before we go, I just want I have one more question and then we'll cut it. If you guys had to see, if you guys had to book an AEW World Championship match, who are the two names or the three names involved? Do you want to start this? <laughs> uh, just looking at the Ross, uh, Kenny Omega for sure. Yeah. And Cody first. Okay. Uh, AEW on TNT. I want to take uh, Kenny and Hangman Page. Okay. I already told you mine. <laughs> Kenny Omega versus John Moxley. For the AEW Championship, so we're all kind of on the same page. Well, I, I feel I feel like it has to be Kenny Omega, yeah, because he's the best wrestler on the on the planet, and he's also a VP. <laughs> and again, you guys say Cody Rhodes because he fucking made this happen. So, well, him and Khan made it happen, but yeah. I'm so, I'm actually really excited for Cody Dustin too. I feel like that will actually, I feel like it'll bring the best out in Dustin Rhodes that we've se- we haven't seen in a while. So. They, they had some magical moments in WWE. Remember when they were that tag team? And uh, we'll see probably a, a great match here. But I think AEW is looking up. And I think I think right now they are very excited because WWE is in a very vulnerable um, – yeah. like they're on a very vulnerable, very terrible run right now. So yep. if this double or nothing pay-per-view like is on like that New Japan level of like in-ring talent, they're in trouble. But again, they will always get the publicity. They'll always have the TV rating. So WWE's never really in trouble. Yeah. But the, yeah, the company never. may be better. Yeah. <laughs> after Vince McMahon is dead. Oh. Cut the <laughs> cut the mic right there. Now that was a CM Punk pipe bomb. I would never really. Speaking of CM Punk. Oh. Do you see him coming out? At, oh, in the mask. Yeah. Can you imagine? <laughs> you end double or nothing, not with John Moxie, but with CM Punk. Comes out GTS I'm not, Kenny. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> if, helps if, win. if that were to happen, I think I would have to. I think I'd have to stop what I was doing. I'd have to go upstairs and I might have to like just rub one out because like because <laughs> like that would be Punk for Omega would just. That's a dream match. That's that's up there for me, but I don't know because Punk has, hasn't really wrestled in a long time. Yeah, but like, but he he's probably in the one of like probably in the best shape of his life so i would i wouldn't be upset if he came back i'd like i'd be very happy but i'd be kind of hesitant it's like okay is this guy gonna like put on the same match as he did before are they gonna be even better like i don't know what because when you're gone for so long it actually changes everything like, what, what happened to brock lesnar he went from being unreal to lazy and just all these stupid ass suplexes like there are a couple names out there that are like they're really big signings, like if they were to get a Punk or Moxley. But if I'm them, I'm kind of staying away from WWE. And I'm going outside of the of the norm. They're going to China and they're signing all these guys. And Will Ospreay. 
That guy, don't even get me started. But <laughs> like Drake, the dummy. <laughs> bringing the wrestling world or putting them on the map. Yeah. So I love what they're doing. They should stay clear of WWE. They have to have like 5% of those guys in shirt. I like, I like it. it. Yeah, me too. Well, that's it for this week. Make sure to watch Double or Nothing on TNT. And uh, yeah, that's basically it. I don't really want to talk a lot more about WWE. You guys could just watch it. The ratings are shit, whatever. Uh, hopefully they actually do something. Uh, the Saudi show we'll talk about next week. How ver- I think I might rant. I don't know. Um, but but uh, yeah, that's it for this week's episode. Make sure to stay tuned and watch for next week.